Chapter Twenty Fifth of The Heart of Midlothian by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Upon my head they placed a fruitless crown and put a barren sceptre in my grip thence to be wrenched by an unlineal hand no son of mine succeeding macbeth after this period but under the most strict precautions against discovery the sisters corresponded occasionally exchanging letters about twice every year those of lady staunton spoke of her husband's health and spirits as being deplorably uncertain her own seemed also to be sinking and one of the topics on which she most frequently dwelt was their want of family sir george staunton always violent had taken some aversion at the next heir whom he suspected of having irritated his friends against him during his absence and he declared he would bequeath willingham and all its lands to an hospital ere that fetch and carry tell-tale should inherit an acre of it had he but a child said the unfortunate wife or had that luckless infant survived it would be some motive for living and for exertion but heaven has denied us a blessing which we have not deserved such complaints in varied form but turning frequently on the same topic filled the letters which passed from the spacious but melancholy halls of willingham to the quiet and happy parsonage at Nocturlity. years meanwhile rolled on amid these fruitless repinings john duke of argyle and greenwich died in the year seventeen forty three universally lamented but by none more than by the butlers to whom his benevolence had been so distinguished he was succeeded by his brother duke archibald with whom they had not the same intimacy but who continued the protection which his brother had extended towards them this indeed became more necessary than ever for after the breaking out and suppression of the rebellion in seventeen forty five the peace of the country adjacent to the highlands was considerably disturbed marauders or men that had been driven to that desperate mode of life quartered themselves in the fastnesses nearest to the lowlands which were their scene of plunder and there is scarce a glen in the romantic and now peaceable highlands of perth stirling and dumbartonshire where one or more did not take up their residence the prime pest of the parish of noctorlity was a certain dunnacha do not dunna or black duncan the mischievous whom we have already casually mentioned this fellow had been originally a tinkler or cared many of whom stroll about these districts but when all police was disorganized by the civil war he threw up his profession and from half thief became whole robber and being generally at the head of three or four active young fellows and he himself artful bold and well acquainted with the passes he plied his new profession with emolument to himself and infinite plague to the country
all were convinced that duncan of knock could have put down his namesake donicha any time he had a mind for there were in the parish a set of stout young men who had joined argyle's banner in the war under his old friend and behaved very well on several occasions and as for their leader no one doubted his courage it was generally supposed that donicha had found out the mode of conciliating his favour a thing not very uncommon in that age and country this was the more readily believed as david deans's cattle being the property of the duke were left untouched when the minister's cows were carried off by the thieves another attempt was made to renew the same act of rapine and the cattle were in the act of being driven off when butler laying his profession aside in a case of such necessity put himself at the head of some of his neighbours and rescued the crow an exploit at which deans attended in person notwithstanding his extreme old age mounted on a highland pony and girded with an old broadsword likening himself for he failed not to arrogate the whole merit of the expedition to david the son of jesse when he recovered the spoil of ziklag from the amalekites this spirited behaviour had so far a good effect that donicha do not dunne kept his distance for some time to come and though his distant exploits were frequently spoken of he did not exercise any depredations in that part of the country he continued to flourish and to be heard of occasionally until the year seventeen fifty one when if the fear of the second david had kept him in check fate released him from that restraint for the venerable patriarch of st leonard's was that year gathered to his fathers david deans died full of years and of honour he is believed for the exact time of his birth is not known to have lived upwards of ninety years for he used to speak of events as falling under his own knowledge which happened about the time of the battle of bothwell bridge it was said that he even bore arms there for once when a drunken jacobite laird wished for a bothwell brig whig that he might stow the lugs out of his head david informed him with a peculiar austerity of countenance that if he liked to try such a prank there was one at his elbow and it required the interference of butler to preserve the peace he expired in the arms of his beloved daughter thankful for all the blessings which providence had vouchsafed to him while in this valley of strife and toil and thankful also for the trials he had been visited with having found them he said needful to mortify that spiritual pride and confidence in his own gifts which was the side on which the wily enemy did most sorely beset him he prayed in the most affecting manner for jeanie her husband and her family and that her affectionate duty to the poor old man might purchase her length of days here and happiness hereafter then in a pathetic petition too well understood by those who knew his family circumstances he besought the shepherd of souls 
while gathering his flock not to forget the little one that had strayed from the fold and even then might be in the hands of the ravening wolf he prayed for the national jerusalem that peace might be in her land and prosperity in her palaces for the welfare of the honourable house of argyle and for the conversion of duncan of knockdunder after this he was silent being exhausted nor did he again utter anything distinctly he was heard indeed to mutter something about national defections right-hand extremes and left-hand failings off but as may hetley observed his head was carried at the time and it is possible that these expressions occurred to him merely out of general habit and that he died in the full spirit of charity with all men about an hour afterwards he slept in the lord notwithstanding her father's advanced age his death was a severe shock to mrs butler much of her time had been dedicated to attending to his health and his wishes and she felt as if part of her business in the world was ended when the good old man was no more his wealth which came nearly to fifteen hundred pounds in disposable capital served to raise the fortunes of the family at the manse how to dispose of this sum for the best advantage of his family was a matter of anxious consideration to butler if we put it on heritable bond we shall maybe lose the interest for there's that bond over lounspeck's land your father could neither get principal nor interest for it if we bring it into the funds we shall mayhap lose the principal and all as many did in the south sea scheme the little estate of craigstur is in the market it lies within two miles of the man's and knock says his grace has no thought to buy it but they ask twenty-five hundred pounds and they may for it is worth the money and were i to borrow the balance the creditor might call it up suddenly or in case of my death my family might be distressed and so if we had more siller we might buy that bonny pasture-ground where the grass comes so early asked jeanie certainly my dear and knockdunder who is a good judge is strongly advising me to it to be sure it is his nephew that is selling it a oh, well reuben said jeanie ye maun just look up a text in scripture as ye did when ye wanted siller before just look up a text in the bible ah jeanie said butler laughing and pressing her hand at the same time the best people in these times can only work miracles once we will see said jeanie composedly and going to the closet in which she kept her honey her sugar her pots of jelly her vials of the more ordinary medicines and which served her in short as a sort of storeroom she jangled vials and gallipots till from out the darkest nook well flanked by a triple row of bottles and jars which she was under the necessity of displacing she brought a cracked brown can with a piece of leather tied over the top its contents seemed to be written papers thrust in disorder into this uncommon secretaire 
but from among these genie brought an old clasped bible which had been david deans's companion in his earlier wanderings and which he had given to his daughter when the failure of his eyes had compelled him to use one of a larger print this she gave to butler who had been looking at her motions with some surprise and desired him to see what that book could do for him he opened the clasps and to his astonishment a parcel of fifty-pound bank-notes dropped out from betwixt the leaves where they had been separately lodged and fluttered upon the floor i didna think to have told you of my wealth reuben said his wife smiling at his surprise till on my deathbed, or maybe on some family pinch but it would be better laid out on yon bonny grassholms than lying useless here in this old pig how on earth came ye by that siller genie why here is more than a thousand pounds said butler lifting up and counting the notes if it were ten thousand it's all honestly come by said jeanie and troth i canna how muckle there is of it but it's all there that ever i got and as for how i came by it reuben it's well come by and honestly as i said before and it's more folk's secret than mine or ye would have kenned about it long since and as for anything else i am not free to answer more questions about it and ye maun just ask me none answer me but one said butler is it all freely and indisputably your own property to dispose of as you think fit is it possible no one has a claim in so large a sum except you it was mine free to dispose of as i like answered jeanie and i have disposed of it already for now it is yours reuben you are bible butler now as well as your forebear that my poor father had sick and ill will at only if ye like i would wish femi to get a good share of it when we are gone certainly it shall be as you choose but who on earth ever pitched on such a hiding-place for temporal treasures that is just one of my old-fashioned gates as you call them reuben i thought if donitsha do was to make an outbreak upon us the bible was the last thing in the house he would meddle with but an any more siller should drop in as it is not unlikely i shall even pay it over to you and ye may lay it out your own way and i positively must not ask you how you have come by all this money said the clergyman indeed reuben you must not for if you were asking me very sore i would maybe tell you and then i am sure i would do wrong but tell me said butler is it anything that distresses your own mind there is both weal and woe come i with world's gear reuben but ye maun ask me nothing more this siller binds me to nothing and can never be speared back again surely said mr butler when he had again counted over the money as if to assure himself that the notes were real there was never man in the world had a wife like mine a blessing seems to follow her 
never said jeanie since the enchanted princess in the bairn's fairy tale that cammed gold nobles out of the two side of her halfet locks and dutch dollars out of the tother but gang way now minister and put by the siller and dinna keep the notes wampishing in your hand that gate or i shall wish them in the brown pig again for fear we get a black cast about them we're over near the hills in these times to be thought to have siller in the house and besides ye maun gree with knockdunder that he has the selling of the lands and dinna you be simple and let him ken of this windfall but keep him to the very lowest penny as if ye had to borrow siller to make the price up in the last admonition jeanie showed distinctly that although she did not understand how to secure the money which came into her hands otherwise than by saving and hoarding it yet she had some part of her father david's shrewdness even upon worldly subjects and reuben butler was a prudent man and went and did even as his wife had advised him the news quickly went abroad into the parish that the minister had bought craigster and some wished him joy and some were sorry it had gone out of the old name however his clerical brethren understanding that he was under the necessity of going to edinburgh about the ensuing whitsunday to get together david deans's cash to make up the purchase money of his new acquisition took the opportunity to name him their delegate to the general assembly or convocation of the scottish church which takes place usually in the latter end of the month of may end of chapter twenty fifth